Happy 2017, and welcome to the State of the Nova Nation podcast. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Stanziel. Chris, how was your New Year's Eve? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. It was boring. Got home from church. I threw on some sweats. I ate some steak. I watched the Twilight Zone for a few hours, and then I went to bed at 11 o'clock. I couldn't even get it to 12. Were you were you just tired? Like, did you not want to stay up for the ball drop? Uh, tired and just a little, I don't know, not in the mood for New Year's. I I don't know. I'm not I'm not a big New Year's guy. I just wanted to go to bed. <laughs> Was the steak good? At least. Oh, it was phenomenal. Did you cook it at home? Did you get it from oh. a restaurant? Oh, no, no, no. We cooked it at home. My uh, okay. my grandmother brought over some steaks the other day, had them in the freezer, and, you know, this past New Year's Eve, was it, it was good enough to grill. So my dad put on the grill, <laughs> bared the elements a little bit, and uh, we had some nice steak. <laughs> how, how was your day? I'm sure it was much more enthusiastic and better than mine. First, I'm going to lead it off with something we can both get hyped on. Hmm. This, this wasn't exactly New Year's Eve. But it was going into that this past weekend. State of the Nova Nation is now ranked on Podomatic's Top 75 Sports Podcast Rankings for 11 straight weeks. We talk about it every week, but we got to get hype on this because it's it just keeps on going. And we hope to just keep it going as we continue the streak into the new year. I actually spent New Year's Eve back in our second home. Mm. Back down in Villanova, PA. Well, first... It was it was more of a an event. It wasn't just New Year's Eve. I guess I guess you got to take it back to the game. I was actually at Kelly's to watch the Villanova Creighton game. Oh, and it was good to be back. It was good to be back on the main line. And let me tell you something: never eaten at Kelly's before. Never been there during the daytime, but they got <laughs> pretty good food. Yeah, I love Kelly's during the day. I actually went the first time I actually went was Accepted Students Day in April of 2012. My dad wanted to go really bad because you know Villanova alum got to go back to the stopping grounds, the, water, the old watering hole. So he took us to go eat there, and I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's probably one of those things that you're like, oh, why would you want to go relive your glory days? Like, I don't get it, but now I totally understand that. Yeah, especially with us, you know, being so close to it, I think we can get away with it a little bit. Yeah, so I was there with a bunch of friends. We watched the game. Great game. Then after that, we were in Philly for, you know, New Year's Eve. Even though I don't know if Philly had their own ball drop, I couldn't tell you because we had the TV on and we're watching the one in New York. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty much New York or bust. Or if you're on the West Coast, you watch Disneyland, but that's about it. Wait, Disneyland has a ball drop? Yes, they do. When I was I... young, I used to actually watch <laughs> that broadcast because, one, it was Disneyland. And my dad would get frustrated and ask, why would you watch this? It's not even the right time. <laughs> That's hilarious. Holy crap. I had no idea. The more you know. It's more it, definitely a much happier broadcast. Just thinking of the mass of humanity in New York that forms during the day on New Year's Eve is just, uh, I get the sh- chills thinking about it. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it was definitely <laughs> hectic in Philly, but nowhere near. Not even one-tenth or not even one-one-hundredth. Of what it was like in New York. Yeah. Wow. Well, at least you had a good time. Much more fun than I had. You know who else had a good time? Who, who else had a good time, Eugene? The guys on the TV, the Villanova basketball team. They had a great New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah, they did. They won the top 10 undefeated clash between two Big East foes, beating out their, well, I don't want to say longtime foes. They're not really longtime, but we have some history with nah. them. We have some beef with them. We don't like them. Ever since the Ethan Raggy PTSD. <laughs> Raggy. They've always had a bitter... When you say Creighton, 
you always leave a bitter taste in Villanova's mouths worldwide. I agree. So the Cats won the clash at Omaha in front of a sold-out crowd in the CenturyLink Center. The Wildcats won 80-70. to And with the win, they're actually now one of three undefeated teams left in Division One. You got Villanova, Baylor, and Gonzaga. That list really narrowed down. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like we were at like eight last week or something. Yeah, I was about to say. We had a lot last week. I mean, UCLA went down. Creighton, obviously. Uh, there's one other on the top of my head that I'm just forgetting. But the, yeah, it narrowed down quickly. Chris, what were your thoughts on this game? <sighs> well, we it looked like at the start that we were initially right that we were going to lose. And I have to say, it was a very predictable start. You get a very hyped-up Creighton team, a very hyped-up crowd, and they were giving us PTSD, as you were mentioning before, back to the Raggy Bomb game, where they were hitting everything in their sight. Didn't matter where they were taking the shot. Didn't matter what kind of defense we had on them. They were hitting everything all over the court. And it was kind of a danger zone for Nova. And yeah, I have to say, and this is something I was not going to expect, especially from this year's team, that they actually held their own. They did not get rattled. They played their game. I thought Jake coached brilliantly in the beginning, calling, you know, slowing down the tempo initially, you know, trying to keep it all the game in front of them, not letting it get out of hand. So I, I thought he called a great game, at least in the beginning. And then obviously, Jalen Brunson, I mean, he's, he was the man of the match for me by far. Josh and Chris both played great games, but Jalen took over. It, he, I even tweeted out that he played cold-blooded the other day. He just hit everything that he needed to hit. He was driving strong. His Euro step was on point as usual. Great deep on the defensive end, which I mean, he's a good defensive player, but you know, you don't really notice it. But I thought I really noticed it the other day. This was his coming out party. This was his, you know, this is my team. Like I had texted you. It reminded me of the movie with uh, Tom Hanks with the Somali, when he gets kidnapped by the Somalians. He's like, this, this, look at me. This is my team now. And I got that vibe from him big time shooting 10 of 14 from the floor and more impressively five of seven from deep he really kept us in in the beginning kept us in striking distance and then at the half Jenkins had that really deep three to give us the lead and that was you know a real big statement to go into that half with the lead because we didn't we came out very flat at the beginning that beginning (laughs) it's one of those things that you're sad it's happening but you've already mentally prepared yourself so it's like oh yeah here we go again yeah Here's Marcus Foster, oh, Mo Watson, dishing out a nice dive to Patton for the alley-oop slam or whatever. All right. Villa was not hitting the shots, turning the ball over. Creighton also, uh, you know, they if this was the NBA, they'd probably get a few $10,000 fines, not going to lie. Oh. <laughs> little theatrics, a little flippy floppies. <laughs> I mean, really. They did it with Doug, too. It seems to be ingrained into that school. I get it. You know, it's a part. It's, you know, it's a strategy, whatever. But there were some outrageous ones. Like, come on. Like, yeah. They, yeah. they, they leaned in for contact, and then they go 50 feet flying across the floor. Yeah. There was that one at the end with Jalen and oh, uh, Watson. The offensive foul. I mean, yeah, Jalen threw his shoulder, but, like, you don't, you're more Mo Watson. You don't go down that easily. <laughs> he, he he sold it a little bit. Give him the Oscar. But aside from that, Jalen Brunson, big first half. Josh Hart wasn't really getting it going early. No. Chris Jenkins, you know, no one really was hot in the beginning. But you had Brunson who helped keep Nova in it. It also sparked that, I think it was an 11-0 run or 10-0 run, whatever it was, because Nova was trailing, trailing hard early. Yeah, yeah they were. Jalen had an 11-0 run on by, like, by himself. 
he he scored like 11 straight points for us. It was crazy. Did not expect that. <laughs> yeah, you know, people have always questioned him. You know, he comes in as a five-star recruit, top 40 or whatever he was on ESPN. And then with Ryan Archidiakono for four years, the pressure was big. And people kind of doubt him for what he can do. And I think this is he just had another one of those sharp, great games that just proved that he belongs on this team. And he's one of the best on this team. He's not just a second or third option. He can actually be the leading man when he wants to be or if he gets that chance to. Right, I agree. And this is the type of game that a lot of Nova fans, including myself even, that I was expecting Jalen to have last year. And I have to, he really didn't have a chance to flourish. I mean, you, I guess you could say Arsh and Booth both blocking him in that sense. And, you know, Jay tried to ease him in, didn't really throw him to the f- Wolves immediately. So he didn't really have a chance to flourish like this. But now, second year of Big East play, you have the opportunity, you have the keys to the Ferrari, go for it. And that's exactly what he did. If he doesn't have that big first half, there's no way Villanova wins this game. Oh, no, we get blown. We get run off the floor. Yeah, we would have easily – that 10-point gap would have easily become maybe 15 or maybe – you know, Villanova would have just been trailing the whole time. Oh, yeah. It, this would have been like uh, two years ago when we went there when, and played Doug. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they would have – it just would have been a blowout from start to finish. And it, they – I forget who it was for Creighton. They had that and one on the three – on a deep three, and I'm just like, guys – Time to wake up. And Jay, and then literally they cut to Jay as they're walking the ball up the court. They're like, he's like, wake the heck up. And I'm just like, all right. At least Jay's fired up about it. And another thing they were talking about on the court, Josh Hart said after the game, I'm really glad this is the last time I'm playing here because can't hear a thing. Can't hear a thing. <laughs> yeah, they were they were real loud. And you don't really think of that place as getting like as like an Uber crowd advantage, home court advantage type place, you know? Especially on New Year's Eve. A lot of people yeah. I mean, I don't know what they have at Omaha. I don't know if they have their own ball drop. I don't know how it works over there. <laughs> but it seemed like everyone was coming out. Everyone was coming out for this. Yeah, I guess it's just the Midwestern thing. And it's just everyone just goes out to see the local basketball games over there. And it seemed like their student section was in full force, too. They didn't. I don't know what they did. They just I guess all the students came back. I don't know. Yeah, they were really spirited. They're really dressed up. They really got into it. Mm -hmm. Very big game. Nova was great towards the end to really pull away like that. Josh Hart started getting it going which was good. You had Brunson. He already went through his stats, but he was also named Big East Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. And then after him, you had Jenkins. 21 points, which on the surface looks great. Right. But 4 of 12, three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would hope that when you shoot the ball as many times like that, you would have at least double figures from beyond the arc. Right. Agreed. Did a very inefficient game from him, but he did hit some big shots, and I hope this means he turns it around. This kind of reminds me of his stat line against Virginia last year. You know, he put up some big numbers, but his uh, field goal percentage from both inside and outside the arc were uh, a little low. But that was the after that game, it kind of all uh, clicked for him. So hopefully this gets back on track. The other sweet thing from Jenkins has not deteriorated in any way. He probably even got better. His shot fake continues oh, to be yeah. smooth as silk. I think he even <laughs> got two guys to whiff once. There's one... Yeah. Shot fake, makes the first guy jump, goes inside, guy jumps again, shoots the ball, but he ultimately passed it away. But I was sitting there thinking like, wow, he just got 40% of the guys on the floor with his shot fake. Yeah, he did. It was, it's just, it's this thing of beauty just watching his shot fake. And it's funny too, like he isn't shooting that well this year and he's still getting guys to do it. It just 
shows how, I don't know, master, he's a master of the craft, plain and simple. You look at Creighton, got another big game for Marcus Foster, 22 points, but he was only 9 of 20 shooting on the floor. Justin Patton, he's legit. I, I was very impressed with him. I saw yeah. a few glimpses of him, but against the number one team, you're a freshman, he was not scared one bit. Wow. Oh. No, not at all. He really took over the game late in the second half when we started to try to pull away and put Dick Creighton in their danger zone. They just went right to him every play. I think he had two alley-oops in a row. It was crazy. And he was only, he wasn't that much of a heralded recruit coming out. I think he was three stars, maybe four. I looked it up the other day. He was the best recruit coming out of Nebraska, but only two eligible players were coming from there, according to ESPN. So it wasn't a big, well-known name coming in, and he's just performed, he's performed great. And he put up 18 points on the day and grabbed eight boards to boot. And did it while shooting 75% on the floor. Right. He used to be Mr. Efficient. Yeah, he really is. And he had some, like, he, he could knock down, like, any, like, hook shot he wanted. It, it reminded me of Chef a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit. And then Mo Watson Jr., a little quiet on the scoring end, but he stood, you know, with six points. But he did dish out nine assists. And Jay will tell you, I don't care that he scored six. He still had nine points. I mean, nine assists, rather. Yeah, nine assists. Yeah, he... He is the facilitator. I did think he would put up more points, but Marcus Foster seemed to take care of that himself. One one thing that I thought was pretty huge, Watson, he got into foul trouble early on. And that was when Creighton was around up around 10, 11 points at the beginning. They took Watson out, and we went on our own run to get, get right back in it. So it really shows that, you know, Watson might not put up the stats on the stat sheet, but he is probably one of the most, if not the most important player for Creighton as as showed by his early foul trouble. The other big thing was the way Villanova defended the perimeter on Creighton. Like, yeah, Villanova wasn't getting their shots to fall early, but Mm -hmm. on defense, they continued to go hard at them. Creighton comes into the game, number one three-point shooting team in the country, highest three-point shooting percentage. Mm -hmm. But on Saturday, they only went six of 24, 25% from deep. Doesn't matter who you are, especially when you're the best team in the country. You look at that and you feel a little sick if you're going to put up that kind of performance. Right, yeah. If Creighton was going to win this game, they were going to have to hit their outside shots. And it felt like it early on. I mean, it really felt like they were hitting everything in the beginning, at least in the first half. And I guess they just they just didn't have they just didn't have it in the second half. I know Zierden hit some two big threes that really infuriated me because it was just a lapse in our zone that we tried to play. I don't know why we went to zone for a little bit. But Zierden hit two big threes. But other than that, I couldn't name any three-point shots that they nailed at in the second half the defense really clamped down toward the end yeah that's always a little scary the weak side defense continues to be a little slow you know Uh they just kind of pitched it out to zeroed in on on the opposite end and he would just knock it down yeah it it didn't make sense like we had we were running perfect man-to-man defense and then we would go to a zone and like and the weak side just obviously wasn't there and he scored two three-point baskets on i don't think it was consecutive plays but it was the consecutive it was like it was the same exact play he would fake the pass to the corner and then go right back up and there was no one in his face and i couldn't believe it yeah and it was terrible because he would he could either fake the pass and you saw the other guys open so villanova could choose to either (laughs) give up zierden and then yeah. he'll just kick it out to the guy who's standing by himself in the corner. So I guess you got to pick your poison. Yeah, I guess you're right. With the win, Villanova closes out 2016 with a 38-3 and record. No team in Division One history has ever had a better record in a calendar year than the Villanova Wildcats. How is no one talking about this more? Um, because Fox Sports won and Pig East. I, the Big East is dead, though. That's what I was told. I can say the Big East is definitely not dead, but someone <laughs> told me the numbers last year about Fox Sports 1. I don't know if they're still like this, obviously, now that Villanova won and the Big East Conference is good. 
but mm-hmm. they were saying how NBC Sports Network was showing reruns of this fishing competition, and they were getting more higher ratings and viewers than Fox Sports One. That show was getting more than Fox Sports One. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't get it. It's so weird. Like you would like in the beginning when Fox Sports wasn't getting the ratings, you're like, oh well, it's because no one knows this channel exists. And now we're two to three years into this experiment, and still no one is finding the channel. And it's just a damn shame because you're getting some of the best basketball games there is. And I decided to watch that Xavier Georgetown game before the Villanova Creighton game came on, mainly because I was just waiting for Villanova Creighton to get on. But it was still a real good game toward the end. And you got some good games here. And it's it's better than seeing the bottom feeders of the ACC go up against each other and ESPNU when they're getting good ratings. So I just I don't understand why no one's giving us respect at all. It just continues to baffle the hearts and souls of Nova Nationers around the world. It is. But hey, 2016 was the year of the Wildcat. It's a shame it's over, but we, we had a hell of a ride. And there's no signs of uh, of it slowing down either. Yeah, anyone who says that 2016, you know, ragging on 2016 and whatnot, it wasn't that bad. Like, come on, look. Yeah. Like, we just got another new accomplishment here to close out the year on a happy note. Yeah, and I think we were the first team not named Duke to win a to go undefeated in the following year after winning a national championship. So that that's pretty cool, too. Got to talk about this more. These are the things that people should be talking about more. Yes, but, you know, LeBron's breakfast is more important. And Tristan Thompson's love life with Khloe Kardashian. That's a thing? <laughs> oh, God. Or Courtney. I don't know. I don't know which one it is. It's one of the Kardashians. He's cursed. <laughs> the Kardashian curse is now struck in Cleveland. <laughs> oh, God. So next up for the Wildcats is another tough game. On the road, as they'll be heading over to Hinkle Fieldhouse to take on the Butler Bulldogs. Mm. The Bulldogs are 12-2, and 1-1 one one in conference play. They got a nice rebound win against Providence, but that St. John's loss is definitely stinging a little bit. Mm. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. It definitely stings a lot. Yeah, it does. On the bright side, they'll be in their home crowd. And as we all know, Hinkle Magic is real. They have not <laughs> lost at home yet this season. They're a very balanced team offensively and defensively. Chris, you were doing the research. What what can we know? What can we expect from Butler? Yeah, well, they don't turn the ball over very much, which seems to be a very common theme amongst Villanova opponents this year. They only average ten turnovers a game, as the twelfth lowest turnover ratio in the country, according to Ken Palm. They're a very solid shooting team. They're top forty in three point shooting percentage. They're just a hair under forty percent. So another tough task for Villanova on the top of the key. And then at the two point shooting percentage, they're fifty six point two percent, and that's thirteenth in the country. These are some gaudy numbers from a team that really isn't known as an offensive type school. Butler has always been about the team ball obviously even on former head coach brad stevens he preached it the most it's all about spreading it out to different guys six players on this team right now average at least seven and a half points we mentioned it in the, the biggies preview show but keelan martin he is their takeover star player he's a junior forward and he's building off an excellent sophomore campaign he's uh he, he might just win the biggies player of the year he's one of the favorites for sure he's averaging 18 points early on and tripping in five boards as well and everyone's favorite last name andrew shrabis he's um He's the only other player in double digits, and he's averaging just under 12 points per game. He's a big guy who can also shoot it from deep, so stretch forward, and he uh, shoots an astounding 46.7% from deep. Yeah, with Martin, he's he was definitely one of the front runners going into the season, but with Josh Hart blazing it right now, 
It's it's not looking as easy as we thought it was going to be, or at least the committee thought it was going to be. No, I don't know. I actually think I picked them to lose this game oh, really? in, in the preview show. Oh, okay. Yeah. This was back in October. The preview show was back in October. All right. You can <laughs> look it up on iTunes, point out, clip us, clip your favorite scenes, troll us about it later if we're right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Just like Creighton. <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> just like just like Creighton, with the win and the Creighton loss, I now announce my retirement from the Creighton bandwagon i no longer driving that thing yeah good because i was going to bring it up if you weren't going to mention it yourself <laughs> yeah we we own up to our mistakes here at state of the nova nation we don't shy away from these things <laughs> no no we don't make outrageous claims like we invented the question mark and then just go on our daily lies not admitting to what we just said yeah i will admit to all mistakes and errors so, so yes yeah oh oh well, Ken Palm's listening to us as a 54% favorite, 70 to 69 win, they're saying. So, no, he's saying. I'm going to actually have to go against Ken Palm again. I don't – I'm going to stick with my original prediction. I say we lose. I, I love the way we played against Creighton. I just don't know if we can do it twice in a row. And I, I, and I know you had last year's tournament to prove me wrong with that. That's fine. I'll admit it to – like, if I'm wrong, I want to see this team win. Just, I don't know if we can do it twice in a row. That's that's just my theory. What say you? This is definitely a tough stretch of games. They got Xavier looming. No, it's this is a real tough one. You got Creighton, right. Butler, and Xavier in the mix. I actually think Villanova's going to win this one. Mm-hmm. It's definitely going to be a really tough game. It's going to be super close. Might be even closer than Creighton. I mm-hmm. honestly think the, the one-point game is pretty accurate. I mean, there's been a lot of close games against Butler over the last couple of years. Yeah, we've had some real classics. You had the double overtime classic a few years ago. You had the Darren Hilliard three-point shot at the end two years ago. Two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. And then last year you had a pretty highly contested game to open up Biggie's play. I think Villanova will win. It's definitely a tough stretch. So, you know, you got to think, when is fatigue going to set in? When are they going to get caught? But I don't think this will be that game. But should they lose... If they were to lose, it might be this one or the next one. But honestly, I see them getting through this stretch unscathed, as weird as that may be. Really? Yes. Wow. See, I, I, I'm under the assumption that we were going to lose one of these next three against Creighton, Butler, Xavier. So I'll just take two. Give me two of the three, and I would be absolutely okay with that. But I do. Th- I think we're going to drop this one. Hinkle Fieldhouse, to me, is pr- probably right behind – Sintas Center for best home court, if not better. So I I just don't trust us on the road in Hinkle. I know we won there before, and we haven't lost there yet, but it has to happen eventually. Tip-off is at 6.30 p.m. this Wednesday. You can catch it on Fox Sports. One, obviously, Biggie's, <laughs> Biggie's friends, friends of the Biggie's. <laughs> so moving over to the ladies, the women's basketball team, Took on Nepal on New Year's Eve, Eve on December 30th. And unfortunately, Villanova ended up on the rough losing end, falling 80 to 50 to the defending regular season champions. With the loss, the Lady Wildcats are now on a four game losing streak. Since evening up their record at 4 and 4, they've now fallen to 4 and 8. They lost that tough one to Marquette. Now, Nepal didn't make it easy. You know, you had the Wildcats, they had a pretty good first quarter. I mean, it wasn't they weren't winning, but when you go against one of the best teams around, you you'll take an eighteen to twelve difference by the end of the first. I agree. 
But unfortunately, they didn't close the first half out well, and they didn't start the second half well. I, they didn't start the second half well either. They got outscored, forty-one to eighteen in the second and third quarters combined. That's the game decider right there. Yeah, we talked about it before. You don't want to go fall behind big early to these good teams. You want to make you want to keep it close to at least give them the doubt that they might not be able to close you out. And yeah. The second quarter basically decided the game. DePaul had four players that scored in double figures, led by the 23-point effort of Brooke Schultz and a double-double with 19 points and 10 rebounds from Jackie Grant. On the bright side, Villanova got a pretty good game from Jana Tucker. She was the only one to score at least 10 points. She led the way with a team-high 17 points. As a team, the Wildcats shot 5-17 of 17 from deep. Not as many threes as they've shot in recent games, but Tucker sank all five of those threes. So no one else was getting it going from deep. That's not that reassuring. Yeah, no, that is not a recipe for success, as they say. Yeah, Nova had any chance of keeping this close. They were going to have to hit hit their deep shots because they're not getting to the line anytime soon. So uh, they they shot themselves in the foot with that. Now the Cats are going to take on the Hoyas, who have the exact opposite win-loss record. (laughs) They're actually 8-4 this season. And like Nova, they're actually 0-2 to start conference play. So one of these teams are going to get their first win. Mm-hmm. They lost a one-sided game against DePaul, and then they lost an even closer game against Marquette. Chris, what can we expect from this Georgetown women's basketball team, a rivalry school? Well, one of their key players is Faith Woodard. She's a four-year starting forward, and she's having the best season of her career, at least early in the early going here. She's averaging 15 points per game and nine boards even. Deanna White, She's building off a strong freshman campaign in which she was named to the second team All-Big East, which is pretty impressive as a freshman. And right now, she's averaging 14.8 points per game. And Dorothy Adamoko, she's a junior guard that was also the second. She was also on second team Big East last year, and she's averaging 14.7 points per game and seven boards. I think this game will be a lot closer than how the last couple of games have gone for Nova. This is definitely going to be a very competitive game. Villanova usually gets Georgetown's number, but this hasn't been an easy year for Nova so far. No, this is definitely a rebuilding year for sure. They're going to have to bite the bullet with some of these games and take it on the chin. Chris, who do you got in this one? Uh, I'm going to go Georgetown. I don't know if Nova's going to be able to stop the bleeding the way they've been shooting the ball. If they can get hot, I can see them beating Georgetown with relative ease, but I don't know. They're not getting to the line. They're not hitting their deep shots. Uh, shooting them up, sleep in the streets is uh, – not the best model right now to be following. I actually think the opposite. I think the Wildcats are going to win this one. I think Adriana Hahn and Alex Lewin get it going again. Very, very quiet against Georgetown. And mm-hmm. you, when you get those, you know, your two star players or your two main basketball players, it's hard for them to get back-to-back quiet games. Like, that just doesn't happen often, especially with the amount of touches they get. You have Tucker who had a great game. She's coming off of a good one. Maybe that's what she needs to get her going. As we move on, especially into this next game. So I think we're going to see a revitalized offense and revitalized scoring from Han, from Lewin, from Tucker, but also the sophomores and freshman class. You know, this is a very underclassman heavy team and they've got a bright future. But for right now, there's a lot of growing pains. I don't think this will be one of those games that they lose. I think they're going to finally break that losing streak and keep it, hopefully keep it going again. Get it going again. Hmm. Would you look at that? You're the optimistic one in both games, and I'm the pessimistic one. Who would have thought? 
<laughs> oh yeah, I'm usually the cautious. I guess I call it cautious optimistic, but in yeah. reality, I guess it comes across as slightly pessimistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's what it seems like. And usually, I'm I'm the more optimistic one, which is pretty funny because during the games, I am probably the most pessimistic person there is. <laughs> yeah. See, while Chris gets angry and livid about what goes on in the game, I just sit there and I just go, "Yep." This is what happened. They would let this happen. Like, oh, oh, you want to you want to throw the ball away, Dante? Oh, okay, throw the ball away. Make make, make my day. Do it. Oh God. <laughs> we'll we'll get to him later. <laughs> Tip off for this game is at seven p.m. on Wednesday at the Pavilion. Maybe you can flip back and forth between both games while you're at it. Now we're about to do something we haven't done in a hot minute, partially because our mailman is now back from his extended hiatus we've got a few fan questions from our twitter hotline dms facebook messenger social various social media fan questions you can even email us one of these questions came from the email i I, really i i you know i'll be honest i i forgot we had an email account uh we 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 just have an email account and someone found it and they emailed us this question and i was honestly surprised and i was glad i caught it because it was about two or three days old and it was actually in time for this podcast episode, so it wasn't too bad. But I was I was shocked that someone actually emailed us. Wow, that's cool. We should keep a running tally on what where we get our questions from. Yeah, usually people just tweet at us or Facebook message our fan page because that's fifty times easier, and that's what we usually use the most. Yeah, but I'm glad to know that, you know that must be a true fan. He found our email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. First question is from anonymous. Who on Villanova's roster needs to step up their play? And I'm assuming they mean men's basketball. Well, <laughs> I, 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 there's an obvious answer and there's like a not so obvious answer for me. I'd say the not so obvious answer is Chris Jenkins. I think he's, he's done a lot. He's played okay. He hasn't played to the level that he did during the tournament and to the last and, and to the second half of last year. I, he, I mean, that's kind of hard to expect that from him year in and year out and game in and game out, frankly. So I do, I, but like I said before, I do think he'll eventually turn it around. He has the type of talent to do so. He has the mental fortitude to do so. He showed he's done it in the past. Now, the obvious answer is someone who we just brought up, and that is Dante DiVincenzo, who I, I'm sorry that I'm saying this, but he looks absolutely lost out there. Wow. I, I don't know what it is, but Whoa. it's just – it's horrendous. Oh, and it's, it, it's frustrating. It is very frustrating to see a uh, – was it Delaware Player of the Year coming up his senior year of high school? Yeah. Mr. Delaware or whatever it is. Yes. And, you know, I didn't expect him to, like, be some budding star, but I do. I did expect him to at least contribute some solid minutes, 10 to, at least 10 to 12 minutes off the bench, give Phil or Jalen some, some breathing time. And it's just, it's just not working out right now. He's turning the ball over on a consistent basis. The offense – I will give him the fact that he does rotate the ball well. He does have smart passes on, like on swing passes. He does play with reckless abandon, so I do give him the fact that he tries hard. But I don't know what it is. His shots are are absolutely off. His game management is is terrible. He has no awareness on the court right now. He had two play. The two plays that stuck out to me from Saturday was one when he got he brought up a rebound and he got picked. He got his uh, pocket pick from behind, and then Creighton went the other way. For I, I don't know if they made the basket or not, but that was incredibly frustrating. And then the other one was at the end of the game, I think we were up five, 
and he we inbound it. He gets trapped in in the corner and then throws the proceeds to throw the ball away into the middle of the court where no one in a blue jersey was there. It was just Creighton players, and then luckily Jalen bailed his butt out by intercepting the following pass. I just didn't expect him to be this bad this or at least this early like i i feel like he would figure it out by now well what do you have to say about that well i think the not so obvious answer is actually uh whoever is in the training department whoever's <laughs> overlooking phil boots and knee right now how do you let a man <laughs> sit out for like 11 games or 10 yeah. games whatever it was yeah you're right Come on. What, what are like, they what are they doing? You know, actually I understand. You know, I've been to the health center a few times. What do they give me? A nice pack and some canned Gatorade. Clearly we're gonna yeah. do more than just a nice pack and canned Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that fixes ailing knee ligaments. But in all seriousness, I do agree with your picks. Dante DiVincenzo, he had a good game. Can't quite remember who the opponent was, but it was not that long ago. I think it was like one or two weeks back. And I thought, oh, okay, Dante, you're starting to turn it around. Like this is good. He had a pretty solid game, efficient on the floor, didn't turn the ball over, played good defense, rebounded the ball, things that you know you're known for. But mm-hmm. that Crane game is a little frustrating. He's been a little off. Actually, I, I shouldn't say a little off. They're, they're, he's been pretty frustrating. That Notre Dame game, I think, was the peak of the frustration. Really? I thought I thought he was worse off against Creighton, to be honest with you. And he was pretty bad during the Notre Dame game, too. I don't understand what it is. I don't know if it's still acclimation. I don't, you know, some people are I, are slow to develop, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I think when he plays, you really, really, really notice the short depth. It really sticks yeah. out. It really sticks out. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't want to like completely bash him because he has he is playing minutes that he really shouldn't be because Phil is out with that knee injury and the training staff. I don't know what the heck they're doing over there, but. It, it's still no excuse. If you're going to play the minutes, at least, you know, show some confidence. <laughs> the other thing is, too, is that there is just what, you know, can we get a timetable at least for Phil Booth? Like, can we get a timetable? Can we, yeah. you know, give us an ETA? Like, it doesn't have to be exact. You don't have to tell me next Tuesday, but you can give me, like, oh, you know, one to three weeks or like right. two to four weeks. I, I'll live with that. Yeah, I agree. I, I hate living in the dark like this. And pardon my obscure sports reference, but New Jersey Devils are primo at this, at least a few years ago. People would get, they would just say lower body injury and then they would be out the rest of the year. I'd like to know, like, is it a serious knee injury or are we just still playing precautionary? And also, I think you got to make a decision soon because isn't there like a deadline for medical retreats too? Or can that just be declared on any moment? I think, I think it has passed. I believe it has passed. So, and I'm assuming he hasn't redshirted because they would have announced that by now. Well, they so. didn't. They didn't directly announce Dante Divincenzo. People just kind of speculated and then figured it out later. All right. But I also feel like the man's been posted up in a suit for a little too long, a little longer than I would have liked. Yeah, I agree. And it kind of sucks now because you can't. You don't have like any games to like just acclimate him to like game speed. You're just gonna have to throw him in one game. Just say, Phil, here, here's the team. Welcome back. <laughs> Hopefully, he comes back in time for like the Paul. Oh, wait, no, sorry, I can't say I can't say that anymore. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I I learned I learned last week that DePaul can no longer be the butt of any joke. No, we gotta stop. <laughs> and I can't even say St. John's because they beat Butler. St. John's, they, yeah. I, you know, there's there's uh, yeah, you're right. There's nobody. There's nobody. There's there's no easy games. None. <laughs> I now believe Jay Wright when he says there are no easy games in the Big East. Yeah, Jay, congratulations! It finally. Uh... Finally came to fruition. The next question is from Chris Moriarty. He wants to know, what are your New Year's resolutions? Ooh, why don't you take this first? Well, uh, 
let's see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the big one for me is I've been injured a lot this past year. 2016 has been the year of injuries for me. I think between both shoulders, ankle, hip, I've I just been injured. And once I would recover from one, I get injured again. And it's just been it's just been rough. Um, so I guess this would be the year where get healthy, miss playing basketball, and miss going to the gym and really getting a true workout in. Really, mm-hmm. really miss playing pickup basketball. Can't wait to be healthy and also maintain that health and just hit the court, hit the weight room, and you know get really get back into the good shape I was in before getting injured. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, just be a better writer, be a better podcaster. You know, we want to take this podcast to the next level. I want to take my writing to the next level. So I guess keep it moving, keep it rolling. And yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I will be rooting for you on that injury front. I've seen you experience those injuries firsthand. It's it's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like seeing my friends injured and knowing that they're injured, <laughs> knowing that they can't drive places because they're injured, knowing that they can't shoot a basketball because they're injured. <laughs> Fun fact, the worst one was I when I tore my right rotator cuff, mm-hmm. I actually had to walk around campus with my books in a plastic bag <laughs> i remember that <laughs> and i had to limit what i carried because it wasn't going anywhere more than just my tablet and a folder <laughs> and like a notebook to write on and i would roll up into class with this plastic bag <laughs> with like the chinese takeout bags like have a nice day with the smiley face on it <laughs> <laughs> roll up with me and my bag it was great for the rain though everything was very protected because of the plastic but I just looked – it was just like, who is this guy? First, yeah. day, first day of class, great great impression to give everybody. Yeah, you look like the lost freshman out there. Was, but that, that was funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about the plastic bag days. <laughs> Jesus. And then um, what was unfortunate was when I finally healed from that rotator cuff surgery, I ended up tweaking my left shoulder <laughs> like two weeks after. Yeah. And yeah, then an up. ankle injury ensued. It was so bad. So bad. <laughs> I remember texting you like that winter. Like, oh, Eugene, ready the ball? No, I broke my other rotator cuff. Oh, <laughs> there's no, there's no end in sight. Is there? I got to enjoy one week of two weeks of basketball over the summer, and then I got hurt. So hopefully, we can put an end to this injury streak. Not be Derrick Rose and just be healthy. Oh yeah, that's right. Don't want to be like him. At least it's not the knees. At least it's you know some stuff that, you know, can actually heal down the road. Um, so what are your so, resolutions? Yeah. What are my resolutions? Um, well, it's just more of a personal goal, I guess, but yeah, I, I want to make sure I, I do pass all four parts of the CPA exam by the time uh, 2018 rolls around. So I'm going to get started on that. I actually bought my first studying book. <laughs> Work's been very hectic. I know a lot of my, uh, Accounting friends have have some parts passed already, and some of them have passed completely. So congrats to them. Um, I still got to get on that because you know work really kicked my butt lately. Um, I also want to keep in shape. You know, dropping seventy pounds over the past few months has probably been the best life changing experience ever. This the just amazing new lease on life. So I want to keep that up. Being a good, better podcaster for sure. Hoping the uh, keep pumping out good products with you. And keep doing this uh, throughout the year. We do big. We, we do, do big. big. The last question is from Jimmy Ward. Well, I guess I'm the only one who could really answer this. Mm-hmm. But he wants to know, how did the bench mob start up? 
pretty good question. Pretty mm-hmm. good question. You have the floor, my friend. Everyone gather around for story time. <laughs> so coming into Nova, I actually didn't want to be a journalist. I actually tried to not do it for as long as I could. As weird as it is, I hated writing in high school. I was actually more of a math and science person. And I actually went into Nova to do computer science. Weird. Super weird. And I did it for about a year. I wasn't up to speed because my high school didn't have it. And a lot of kids in that class or going into freshman year had prior experience. I was great with computers. You know, I made a business in high school where I fixed people's computers up, build them, all that. But I just could not for the life of me just catch up with coding. Part of it was also kind of ego. And also, you know, I was just a freshman who, why study? Why, why study? Like, why do that? Why would I want to do that? Until eventually sophomore year, I was like, man, I, I really need to figure out what I want to do. Really got to do something that I enjoy and like. I It needs to be something I can see myself do for like the next 50 years. And I actually, you know, growing up, uh, my family, fam- members of my family, my cousins, uncles, you know, he's always tell me, oh, you know, I can see you on ESPN. Like, I could see you be a sports broadcaster. I could see you doing all this. And I thought it was funny. I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted to make the big bucks and not do that. Show business hard. Until sophomore year, I was actually a writer for this newspaper called the Villanova Times. No longer exists on campus. Thank God. Rest in peace. Horrible, 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 <laughs> horrible platform. I actually, but it was the only place that would take me because I had zero experience. I couldn't apply for the Villanova and I had no writing experience, nothing of the sort. And I did it with a friend of mine. And eventually to contribute to that newspaper, I said, hey, I'll start a sports column. And it's going to be called The Bench Bob, named after Henry Lowe, Pat Farrell, and Nick McMahon, because I saw the gif of the the bow and arrow, the telescope, and all that, and I was inspired. I was like, this is what I'm going to name it after. And also, another thing with it, freshman year, I remember going to the games with friends and all that, and this one friend in particular used to always ask me, like, oh, you know, should I care about this team? Does this team matter? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I would answer, like, oh, you know, this is a ranked team. Like, this team's really good. They got this guy. This guy's looking to possibly go to the NBA. It's a ranked match, blah, blah, blah. And uh, when I thought about it, when I was sitting down, like, how can I contribute to this newspaper? I thought, you know, there are definitely people out there, maybe the casual fan, who don't know. You know, they're just uninformed. They don't really know much. And maybe I can answer some questions. Maybe I can write about things that no one else is writing about or talking about or point out the stats and details that people overlook. And so I started the Bench Bob. And eventually... It just grew over time, and we got credentials to sit courtside at basketball games. And it was at that moment I realized, one, I wanted to do this for the rest of my life, and two, this is a le- this can be a very legitimate thing. Let's keep it going, and let's see where it goes from here. Let's see where it can take me and hopefully take other people since we expanded to a staff. And, yeah, that is how the Bench Mob started. It started with a now-defunct newspaper <laughs> that no longer exists but we still exist and we're still continuing to grow we got a podcast now which is one of the awesome honestly it's been one of the greatest additions to the site and mm-hmm. i think 
do you all listeners out there feel that way too? I mean, we see it through the numbers and we really appreciate that. And we're glad that you're enjoying this as much as we enjoy putting this together twice a week. But yeah, that is the history and the story behind the bench above. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the first State of the Nova Nation episode of 2017. There will be plenty more where that came from for, throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So please subscribe to us on iTunes or on Podomatic. Also, don't forget to check back on our website regularly as we'll have news and updates on all things Villanova sports. Also, don't forget to follow us on the Twitter sphere at ViewBenchMob, or you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at eRepay5. And you can follow me, Chris Stanzial, at the Stansman on Twitter as well. Nova Nation, happy 2017. And always remember, even though it's a new year, we are still number one.